are listening to Power Producers Shop Talk, where we are refining and redefining the sales game by equipping you with the tools you need to differentiate yourself in the marketplace. Well, it's like when we audit the mod with Magic and give them the action items that they're going to use to lower their total cost of risk. Tactical skills that will help you provide deliverable value to your clients and prospects. Technology is not an expense, it's an investment. Look at what ThinkHR has done for our clients and even our team. It's an amazing product and I'm so thankful we have that. And action items that you can provide to take your prospects and clients to the next level. Things are changing for us in 2021. Not all big business anymore. Now that we have Cover Wallet on our team, it's amazing that we're going to be able to write small business profitably. This is Power Producer Shop Talk production redefined are you ready to feel the power hey everybody welcome to the day before the weekend did you earn Mm. it this week did you earn your weekend or are you scrambling to figure out if you're going to be able to relax and have to work and miss the ball games and all of the other stuff the rest of us that got our jobs done this week are going to enjoy that's the question right you know, the weekend is not something you deserve. People are in, think they're entitled to that. You have to earn that, especially when you're hitting the grind, first starting out, building your book, starting your agency, you know, but listen, there's also absolutely nothing at all sexy about having to work seven days a week, 12 to 15 hours a day. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've earned the, I've earned the weekends, man. I, I now have lifetime weekend status based on the amount of time <laughs> that I have put in the insurance industry, but it's been a crazy week here. And I know, you know, we've written a lot of business this week. I feel like, yeah, I mean, like since I got back from, from Ohio, I've like, I I feel like I haven't really stopped. Like it's just been, I was gone for two, like two work days. Right. And I come back and it's like, now I know how you feel, but, but probably (laughs) you feel like, like this times like a hundred, but it's like, yeah, but I mean, it's the same thing for me. I was at Brainshare last week. I came back in the last two days of last week. And then I was in the office all week this week, but I had Hank Stewart from killing commercial who had come down for, um, a, a ruble seminar for a CIC and then wanted to come hang out for a couple of days, which is always awesome to have mm. somebody, you know, come hang out and see how we do stuff here at the agency. But at the same time, you know, I, I feel bad for him, man. I think poor Hank was struggling to keep up because, you know, the question <laughs> everybody always has is how do you get so much stuff done? He got to see that. Yeah. <laughs> I told him, I'm like, I need to get you a, a sweatband or something for your head, man. I said, this is a this little different pace than you're used to to moving at up there in Brunswick, Georgia. So he got a he got a real good flavor for how much stuff I juggle. Get a every taste day, of the but... Carruthers schedule. Well, yeah. and it's funny that you say that, David, because I was just having a uh, meeting this morning with uh, another working mom, and we were talking about that. It, it's not that I have anything really extra to give than other people. It's just that I am a efficient scheduler and try to maximize every minute to make the most out of the day, the week, and hopefully to enjoy some weekend. You got to yeah, do so- it. I think, it, you know, it, it's like, it's funny to talk about it, but actually putting stuff on your calendar. I mean, like, you, like as you know, David will have personal stuff on his calendar, but I think you have to do that when you've got a schedule like that in order to keep you on track. You can't just kind of go you know, free for all. Otherwise you're going to, you're going to miss stuff and and that's not good. Yeah. Well, and I have a question for you guys. So one of my partners, uh, who has a pretty good, you know, he's, he's put in the time he's put in the effort, um, but has a pretty good work-life balance now, but he says, uh, 
it's always work, you know, whether it's I'm relaxing, I'm recharging for my job, I'm trying to, you know, have time for creative thinking. Do you guys see it that way that you're kind of always working, um, always kind of in effort? Yeah. So I would tell you this, my mind is never going to stop. So when I'm not at work, I'm always brainstorming, coming up with crazy new ideas, and then I'm pedal to the metal to get them out. I mean, the cover to my new book is a great example for that. Last Friday, it was me standing in a sweaty dress shirt with my kids throwing yard debris at my face to make me look dirty. <laughs> and yesterday, I released the cover of the book. So that's kind of my MO. You know, when it's work-related and, you know, we're in that Monday through Friday work week, every minute of every day is scheduled, 100%. And I stick to it. I am I am a stickler of sticking to my calendar. I joke about it. I tell people I am like Ron Burgundy in Anchorman with the teleprompter. He reads whatever's on the teleprompter. I do whatever <laughs> my calendar tells me to do. Perfect. And that's one reason why I'm able to get stuff done, because even with the planning, even with the working on my own book of, of business, and, and then also having time to su support Kyle and other production people, you know, I, I have to do it that way. But when, but when I'm not, if it's not scheduled, it's not getting done. And so, you know, my day has a hard stop at six. I will not work a minute past six o'clock. That's gymnastics. That's baseball. That's playing with the kids in the yard time and all of that. But, you know, on the weekends, I can't just get to the point where I unplug and I'm in a vegetative state. Like it just, it never no, there's, happens. But Even there's in a Key stark, West. There, there's a stark contrast between you know, whatever, working on somebody's renewal and then you kind of getting into creativity mode and thinking about next direction or, or you know, a vision or, or something of that nature. I think that that's totally, totally different. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And so and that's a lot of what I- You know, it's yeah. all perspective of how you look at your day and how you want to maximize your time. If you want to grow, if you want to change, if you want to have ownership of your book of business, your business, your job, whatever it is, you can have ownership what, no, no matter where you are in uh, the work life. Uh, but it half of what we do is in perspective, mm -hmm. you know, and enjoying how do we use our time um, and, and thinking that, you know, a recharge is not just being lazy. A recharge is just that. It's investing in your time with your family, your balance, and your mental health. Um, which is equally important and makes you all the better when you come back uh, to, you know, totally being focused on your job. Mm -hmm. So you had said something originally about being, you know, being the mom and having to juggle a bunch of stuff as a result of that, right? I actually relate to that very, very well. Uh, most people, I don't really talk a lot about home life too much other than the crazy wild stuff that my kids do on the podcast. But, you know, my wife has got a really good job herself. COVID has changed a lot. So let's just go ahead and throw this out there. Killing commercial mm. would not exist if we didn't have COVID. Power Producers podcast would not exist if we didn't have COVID. None of that stuff because my wife's job required her to travel quite a bit. And I mean, usually about two weeks out of every month. So wow. here I am playing the role of the stay-at-home parent you know, and I don't want to say stereotypically stay at home mom. You know, there are some stay at home dads out there, but you know, it is a it's it's a balance that's really really tough. You know, because number one, with kids, everything's unpredictable. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't tell you the number of times 
where my wife had to leave on a Monday morning and she was going to not come back till Friday night. And I finally get all of the kids dumped off because at one point I had four kids at four different schools that I had to drop in the in the car line. Um, <laughs> Dude, you love while, car line. While Ugh. fighting with the Board of Education as to why we're not having bus service, which wow. is a, a well-documented battle in Tampa circles. And then, you know, I'd get here, I'd finally get parked in my seat, get ready to crank something up. And I swear, you can't make this up. Here calls the school nurse. One of the kids just not feeling it. They know mom's gone, and you know mm-hmm. they think that. I, and I've they been a horrible feel the parent. Weakness. They sense the weakness. Oh, but there is no weakness, to- Crystal. There is no <laughs> weakness. I'm sorry. You're going to need to take two aspirin and go back. That headache will go away. You know, this is before <laughs> we had to be overly cautious about yep. everything. Right. Um, but I think that, that that it's tough, and I think that you know, stereotypically, I don't I don't feel like the way men are wired that we have an appreciation for that. Okay. I'll say it. I, I mean, I realize that every dude listening to this is gonna be like, whatever, man, I know exactly what my wife does all day. No, you don't. You don't have a freaking clue what they do, <clears throat> you know? And that's why for me, you know, it's, it's a white knuckle ride, man. I mean, when she leaves town, as long as the kids are alive, when she comes back, that, that's, that's where we <laughs> that's start the benchmarking. That's a win. Right. And I, you know, I've got it down to a science. We will, I, I know that I will order pizza heavy Monday night because that's leftovers for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We'll probably do happy meals just to make sure that I don't have to cook anything and we'll coast into Friday. You know, I'll schedule the cleaning person to be there Friday morning to make sure that the house is spotless and she never knows any different. <laughs> she knows no different of, of what anything was like until now that Caroline's old enough to, to rat me out. Oh, you know, she's snitching hard she on your ass. Yeah, but my thing is, you know, for as tough as that is, it shows a skill set that I think it would allow people to be very, very transferable into our industry. You know, just the scheduling, the motivation, the drive, the relentless pursuit of making sure that everything's done. I mean... And it, it leads to the question, why don't we have more females in the insurance industries? Now I'm going to turn the tables and put the spot on you because that's a question that I always ask and I'm interested. And I specifically ask when we have female guests on, why do you think that is? Yeah, you know, and that is interesting. And I obviously, with my background being in corporate, uh, the corporate world in insurance, um, I have seen a, a larger growth in women in the big carrier space over the last 10 or 12 years, and then certainly in risk management uh, for larger companies. But when we turn the focus to our kind of boutique agencies, um, even in solid middle market agencies, you know, with 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 employees, uh, I think the numbers are low. And, And I have looked around and asked, why? Because this is a great business and a great industry, especially for a working mom. And, you know, what I have to believe to some degree is one, there is a lack of awareness and education that's going on and they don't know that these opportunities exist. And then maybe it's also a little bit, you know, sometimes people are afraid to talk about the differences in men and women. There are actually genetically some differences. And, you know, I wonder sometimes if 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 women are staying in the workforce, uh, if there's a little bit of fear of moving to uh, a smaller company from a larger company, um, 
but I, I think the main reason that I see is it's just a low awareness. And, and that's what I hope to do. Uh, and what I've tried to do in talking to universities and other things is, is put it out there and let people know that um, there is a lot of interesting, exciting, fun things that you can do in insurance, whether it's what us three are doing or, you know, the hundred other jobs and job categories that are out there related to insurance. Mm-hmm. I mean, insurance is recession proof. I mean, everybody yeah. needs insurance. Um, insurance companies, insurance agencies have HR people. They have financials. They have, you know, everything, <laughs> you know, they have everything. Right. Uh, so, so why aren't people getting into insurance in general? And then why is it less women? So here's my question though. If I say women in insurance, what are their roles? What's the number one answer somebody's going to get? CSR or service, yep. or yep. underwriter, right? Or, how yeah, many times? Right. How many times are people going to say producer? Yeah, no. very, yeah. very, no, very right. And yet, it's low. And yet, in my experience, some of the best producers I've competed against or worked with have been females. Sure. Yeah, so, we need to we need to raise the numbers. I think your point is interesting, though. I agree. I think it's education on the front end. I mean, like when you're going, think, just think about when <laughs> most of the people that we have on here, they say they never, in, including myself, and in, never anticipated getting into the insurance world. Just kind of landed there, and I think that's because it's never really the subject isn't ever really broached. Like when you're coming up through school, not 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 college, but like you know even high school, like you you have no clue mm-hmm. about insurance at all. Like it's not talked about. Just like there's there's so many things in high school that you know, they don't teach and are not talked about. But you know when you get into college, there's no. I mean, unless you go to a very specialized, you know, um, school, there, there, there's there's no insurance courses that you're taking really. I mean, and and I think that's part of it. I think that people don't really fully understand it. Um, and until you just kind of land there, you don't have the appreciation and, and um, you know, know really what's going on there. Yeah. Well, and, and I think, it, you know, to your point, Kyle, I think one of the issues with a producer, and if we get back to the psychology of it, is that sometimes um, women may be more hesitant uh, if they think there's going to be a no answer. And right, we all know uh, being a producer, going out, doing the job, talking to people, you're going to have doors shut. Some people are uncomfortable with that. I mean, men mm-hmm. and women, but mm-hmm. maybe more women are uncomfortable with that than, than men. Um, but I, I let me turn the table on you guys and, and throw this out there. When you go to social events or you go to stuff with the kids' school or sports or whatever, uh, or whatever kind of social you know situation you can find yourself in, and you're around people that you haven't met or don't know that well, does the topic of what you do come up? People usually ask, right? What do you do? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think that's the case. And I think there's also an inherent bias that many women in that environment are assumed to be stay-at-home parents and not have a professional career. Now, here's here's the thing that's crazy. Bingo. Yeah, and here's the thing that's crazy for me. Hey, counselor, you led me right where you wanted me to. <laughs> Objection, leading the witness. Um, but that being said, you know, for me... I experienced that because my wife's job is really cool. She works for a technology company that builds and sells augmentative communication devices for people who are nonverbal but have the cognitive ability to speak. So the best example I can give is it's something similar to what Stephen Hawking had mounted on his wheelchair. So we go to a cocktail party or a reception and we start talking to people regardless of where it is and people automatically turn to me and say, what do you do for a living? 
and I'll say I'm insurance and risk management, and they'll turn to my wife and say, what do you do for a living? And she says, I give people a voice. I'm out. Like hmm. I'm Johnny. I'm Johnny bartender you, or whatever. Yeah, the rest of the night. Some drinks there, dude. Yeah, it's like, hey, anybody need anything while I'm running and <laughs> licking my wounds at the bar? My wife just owned me in the career path. But but truthfully, um, you know, I think that it is. It's a biased stereotype that society has, and I think it's a really complex issue that can only be fixed by starting with awareness that it's actually an issue. You know, it, I don't want to necessarily say it's like a 12 step program where the first part of, of how, you know, of recovery is admitting Admitting. you have a problem, but (laughs) truthfully, like the industry needs to admit we have a problem. We have a severe shortage of not just female people in the production role, but minorities as well. And I would even argue that minorities across a number of capacities inside the insurance industry, not just production, but why is that? Like, what are we doing? And so from my perspective, just so that you know, I can share how I've sort of started dealing with this. I I speak at the the Great American Teach In every single year, and I try and do something really cool to make the insurance industry look really sexy, so that I can plant the seed for kids to see what it looks like to mm-hmm. be in that role. I include my children in the business, all of them, so that they can see what Dad does. And determine, hey, this would be something really cool for me to do. Look, I love my boys, and my oldest son at some point will be a deadly producer, but he will not hold a candle to my little girl. She will take him out at the <laughs> knees when she's ready. She she will be, she's the one I'm banking on, you know, for the agency. Really, I am. And I mean, Annie, Annie says the same thing. Mm-hmm. but it's because we include them in everything we do, right? So like last night when I got, or two nights ago, when I got the proof back for the book cover with all of the dirt on my face and everything, the first thing I did is when we sat down at the dinner table to have dinner is pull the kids over and say, look what you helped daddy make. And they were blown away. Like, oh my gosh, that's really, they couldn't imagine that we morphed all of the craziness with my neighbors yeah. driving by wondering why I'm in a soaking wet Just getting dress shirt, blasted by mud just, balls. Yep. Yeah, pelting me with dirt <laughs> in the face. Uh, of course, with my neighborhood, they expect anything from us at this point. But, True. You know, I think it starts with awareness. Um, and awareness in the right way, okay? Because I'm going to say something that might be taken as somewhat controversial, um, it's not meant to be, but ladies, let me, let me give you just a little bit of insight into the male psyche. Nagging us about making it change is not how it's going to get fixed, right? It's, it's just not, it's no different than asking for the trash to be taken out of the kitchen. If you just constantly harp and harp and harp, eventually at some point we shut it off. And so I think that there's, there's something to be said and I don't necessarily, I don't fault female people in the industry for having a little bit greater edge to them than than what the males do because I feel Probably they're underrepresented. Yeah. I think I think they're underrepresented and overlooked many times. Yeah. And it puts them in a difficult place. So how do you bring awareness to it without sounding like you're you're griping or nagging about a problem because immediately that's where a man's mind is going to go to. I don't I, you know, I don't want th- want people to think that I have that bias or whatever. I'm just telling I'm being real. That's yeah. how men think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and 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 ladies, just stand up and raise your hand, and don't be afraid to say, "I'm going to give this a whirl." Um, seek out mentors, seek out people to help shepherd you, 
and say, this is what I want to do. I mean, honestly, that's what I've done throughout my career. I looked and said, what do I want to do next? Where am I deficient? Where do I want to grow? And I raised my hand and said, can I do that? Can I have a role doing this? Can I have a role doing that? Um, my business partner, I met at a couple's wedding shower of all places. He told me what he did. And I was like, huh, you know, I've been thinking about what I'm going to do next. Will you have breakfast with me? And then we had breakfast. I asked him a million questions. And before I left breakfast, I said, hey, if you've ever thought about expanding, why don't you call me back? You know, do you want a partner? And sure enough, we this is where we ended. Um, if I hadn't taken those initiatives either, um, but I can tell you, I've worked with men most of my career in all facets. And every time I ask, people were willing to help me. Nobody saw it as a competitive threat. There was nothing, nobody was trying to hold me back as a woman. Um, but we need to, you know, raise our hands. And then of course, when people raise their hands, you know, let's give them a helping hand up uh, and usher them in uh, because there is difference to having perspective um, of men and women and uh, it balances everything out. And to your point, David, on on just overall minorities and insurance in general, um, yeah, it, it's really fascinating and surprising because when I look at you know the, the insurance industry and on the carrier side, where especially where there's just a volume of jobs, right? There's a lot of jobs. Uh, for the most part, I don't think there's anything special background that you need to have to to get into insurance. It is a great jumping off place for anybody and everybody. Um, how do we how do we trickle that out to people and 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 you know? let people know what's out there so that they, people can find the opportunities. So here's my opinion. I think you do a really good job of that, actually, of standing up, getting yourself out there. You and I know each other because of your presence on LinkedIn. That's it, right? And you put yourself out there. You share content. You demonstrate the fact that you're certainly a subject matter expert on many things, you know, that you're constantly posting about and sharing with people. And, you know, I don't want to be cliche, but I view you as a peer. I don't view you as a female peer, right? And and I don't, I don't, you know, I realize that sounds a little bit hokey, but truthfully, if you're if your perspective is right and you focus on the content that makes up the person, you know, whether they're male or female is really kind of irrelevant. You know, it is. Absolutely. Or even even the race or anything else. And yeah. I think that there's just not enough times that we're having conversations around that because people are uncomfortable with it, right? I was sitting in the airport in St. Louis back in at the end of January, and there was a group of African-American guys that were flying down to Tampa to play in some sort of a competitive softball tournament, which... When I hung up the spikes from playing baseball, that's that's where I went. That's where I went to. What every you know washed Dude, up. I gotta tell you, I, I did it one time, and and I was in this league, and we had um, it was like right as COVID started blowing up, so we only got three or four games in, but it was a ton of fun because oh, it's, it's a blast. Yeah, it, I mean it's it's, and I never played and like organized baseball serious. or anything. Yeah, it is. And and I mean, there's there's teams that come and like they're everybody's mm-hmm. wearing like the same uniform. And it's like, you know, um, it kind of reminded me a little bit of Dodgeball, like the movie. 
but yeah, like yeah, you know. But uh, it, it it was pretty cool. I was like, yeah, there's no way I'm gonna like this, but it, it was um, it was fun, and I would totally do it again. Well, so the the thing is, these guys were sitting there, and I, you know, I shot the breeze with them a little bit, and you know, we were talking softball because I I played if there's such a thing, highly competitive, slow pitch softball, you know, I played for team worth. We won a couple of national championships. No big deal. No big deal. But, um, yeah, just in case anybody wondered, but anyhow, so another guy sat down next to me and he was kind of standoffish. And I looked and he was reading a book called white fragility. So being who I am, I immediately asked him, Hey, what you reading? <laughs> you know, because I don't hide behind anybody for anything. And he looked over at me like it was wrong for him to tell me what it was that he was reading. And I was like, is it a good book? What's it about? Talk to me a little bit about the meat of it. And I said, watch this. And I went in like and immediately ordered the book off of Amazon while I was sitting there. I said, I really appreciate you taking the time to share it with me, man. I said, I agree with you. There's a lot of problems that we have in the country right now. And one way that you get around that or fix them is to talk about them. So thanks for sharing. Yep. And don't, don't hide I, it, right? Yeah, like, I think it's together. the same way. You know, and it's funny because I, again, in the insurance industry specifically, I've got some firsthand experience with this because of how we dealt with, you know, casting the protege, right? So I, I, I put the first episode out and immediately within the first hour that it was posted, I had a comment on YouTube from a female that said, I was really looking forward to this, but I got to tell you, I'm disappointed you don't have more females, no more female coaches or more female um, participants, and my response was, please send them to me. Yeah. You know, 100% of the females that applied to be in the protege were accepted. And it's not because they were female. Annabelle was there because she belonged to be there. But I did everything aside from beg for, for women and, and minorities to get on there. And when you look at the overall demographic of how the show was set up, truthfully, four out of the 11 people were female or minority based on their race, their ethnic background, or their gender. I don't want to run a show where I have to make numbers, right? I don't want to run a show where I have to say, oh, well, at least 50% of the people are minorities or females. No, I want to run a show where those people feel comfortable to apply because they have the right skill set and the drive to achieve it, and it just all works out. And you know what? That's what we did in season one, and by and large, that's pretty good representation, but it's not good, re good enough representation on the female side. So what am I doing now? I'm reaching out to literally every female I've come in contact with that is in that stage of their career that it would make sense and saying, look, I'm really encouraging you to apply. I feel like you have an excellent shot at going all the way. And that was the cool part. You know, poor Annabelle, you know, she got self-conscious about being on video, which, you know, unfortunately, that's something you got to get over if you're going to be in the in, in the commercial production game. But at the very beginning, my two choices for who I thought would win the entire thing were Annabelle and Derek Hayden. And Derek ended up winning. Yeah. But I feel like she'd have kicked his rear end if she'd stuck around because when you listen to the backstory, and she had the, you know, she had the double whammy, right? She is she's a Hispanic female. So she had an ethnic minority. She's an ethnic minority and from a gender perspective, she she's a female. So now she's got two I don't want to say two strikes against her, but she's really you know, representing two different classes that are underrepresented in the industry. And when you listen to her story about how she migrated from Mexico to the United States and all of the things that she overcame to get to where she is, to even have an agency today, to be able to go out and produce, how do you bet against somebody like that? Mm -hmm. Never. 
Not once. I didn't it never say I, I was so disappointed when she told me that she was she just couldn't she couldn't push forward because I wanted to back her as much as I possibly can. So for the for the females out there, by the time this episode hits, the casting call will have been announced for season two. And if it makes you feel more comfortable, we have a female coach. I found one. Miss Ciara Gravier is gonna be one of the coaches and she will be a dandy. So if you want somebody to align yourself with that is a female that is leading the charge in the industry, she's a good one. And we're going to tap you for season three, Crystal. So I'll just go ahead and give you some foreshadowing <laughs> on that right now. Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. I mean, you got to get out there. You got to you got to work. And uh, I think women can bring just a little bit different of a flavor. Um, and, and not that, you know, it's not competitive. It, I mean, what we're doing is competitive, but it's not competitive between men and women. Uh, it's just that. You know, it's competitive across everybody. Let me ask you this question. Who is a better teacher in the average household, mommy or daddy? Who has more patience to teach their kids? You took the words right out of my mouth. It's patience. You asked. My husband is very competitive, but it's definitely me. (laughs) Yeah. It's definitely me. And I would have told you, though, as a kid, I I was not – teaching seemed crazy. But as I've gotten older and then you have kids, I'm like, wow, now I see what moves the needle and why – women are good at teaching uh and why i enjoy it uh but absolutely and so when you think about a mentor in any industry um that'll sit down have some patience to take the time to work with you you know uh so find yourself a mentor get out there sell some insurance have fun uh be entrepreneurial because your 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 life is only so long don't wait well, here's the thi- yeah, here's the thing. You know, to that point, as we wrap up this episode of Shop Talk, I got a ton of positive feedback on the episode that we had with Lauren Montgomery when she was on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is a lady that is like, you want to talk about somebody putting themselves out there? Like she's putting herself out there. In, in and by the way, Bergeron, you better come <laughs> around, man. I'm calling you out again. But anyhow. You, you want to talk about somebody who's putting themselves out there. She's like embracing it and taking it to a completely different level. She's going into the filthiest industries that are run by male pigs, and she is mm. just writing a ton of business in those industries. I wouldn't want to compete against her. She'd yeah. chew me up and spit me out. There's 100%. no doubt in my mind. Oh, I know. I know a lady here. Uh, and if I if I could just say who would I want to pick to work with, I know a lady and another lady in Houston that works for a larger firm that I will remain nameless, uh, and she also is in highly male dominated you know manufacturing type industry, and she is killing it. Her book is huge, uh, and she just kind of looked herself in the mirror one day because we've talked about that and said. You know, I don't care if it's mostly men. I don't care if anybody's going to help me or not. I'm going to make it happen. And she has gone out and done just that. And I have to say, she's not even, she's several years away from being 40. And she, wow. I mean, she has a million dollar plus book, maybe wow. a million and a half. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Well, to connect the dots, the only reason why Lauren Montgomery was on Power Producers is because I put out a post asking for people to recommend female producers that could come onto the show, and Ciara Gravier is the one who recommended her because Lauren is her mentor. That's who she looks up to. That's who's showing her the ropes. And so, you know, I think that it's very, very powerful. And the thing is, you got to be 
okay with asking somebody if they'll help mm -hmm. you. You have to be okay with asking somebody if they would go have that first cup of coffee or that first lunch meeting so that you can pick their brain a little bit. And, you know, there's, you hear it say, said a lot, I think it's kind of overused, but people say, oh, there's enough business out there for everybody. Guess what? There is. There, there is enough business out there for everybody. And guess what else? The overwhelming majority of it is with really unqualified agents, you know, people who aren't doing a good job for those accounts. And so if you find those people that are doing it right, it's okay for you to have a relationship with them that says, I appreciate you teaching me and sharing what's gotten you to where you are and what you've run into along the way. And knowing that if you ever, for whatever reason, run into an account that that person's on or that you accidentally prospect, that you're okay with walking away from it. I've got a half dozen producers in Tampa that if I walk into an account for, for whatever reason, even if they've got it completely botched for some reason or another, I'm not going to compete with them. I'll tell them. I'll let them know that their client's shopping and I got in there and you may want to take a look at this, this, and this. But I'm not going to compete with them because they've done things for me over the course of my career and they've been mentors to me. And I, you know, I have people that I do the same with. But I think that's where it starts. You know, Start with the, the, the mentoring piece. And start with getting yourself out there. Those are two things that every female can control, in my opinion. You can control how much exposure you have. You have to start with nothing and work your way up. But you can get as much exposure as you want with consistency. And you can control whether or not you reach out to somebody else who's in the industry and ask them to be your mentor. Period. Those are two things that you cannot, you can't deny you have 100% control over. Now, somebody may say, nope, not interested in being your mentor. You can't control that. But at least you tried and you can continue to push until you find that right person. But I don't know of too many people out there that if you ask them, hey, you know, tell me how you got to where you are. I, I really admire your position. Would you take me under your wing to a certain degree? And even if it's a once a month coffee meeting or whatever else, that you start building that relationship. Period. I think that's fair. I mean, that's a, that, like you said, that's a simple thing to do. That's, that doesn't require any anything other than you just taking the first step. It's like going to the gym. The hardest part's getting there. Yep. So here's the thing, people, you have the ability to get out there and we're going to show you how to do that because on the fly, I'm going to let everybody who's recording with me right now know that we're going to talk about building your LinkedIn presence on the next one because Crystal's really good at it. It's something that I do. And I know a few little tricks that I don't always talk about. So maybe I'll share them. Maybe I won't, but we'll see. But we'll catch you next weekend. Thank everybody for listening. And if you know a female producer or just a dynamic female in the industry, I don't, I don't really care what their role is. If you know somebody dynamic, that's good at what they do. They're a genuinely good person. Get them on the show. Just let me know who it is. I'll reach out to them and I'll close that deal. Everybody have a great weekend. See ya. been listening to power producers shop talk you can follow us at the power producers podcast on facebook and instagram and if you want to take your game to the next level check out our commercial insurance training course at killingcommercial.com or visit amazon to pick up a copy of our international best-selling book the extra two minutes